You know what? It's the Week in IndyCar Show, and we talk to our friends each week about IndyCar, and those friends tend to be involved in IndyCar. Funny how all that works. And on the really awesome weeks, we get friends of the show who have won an IndyCar race to talk to IndyCar fans on the Week in IndyCar. Who do we have to do that? Well, got to admit, Alex Pillow looked like I was going to be putting out that request to Joseph Newgarden to late in the show. But then you, in your typical fighting the whole time kind of way, and the universe deciding to play more tricks with Team Penske, we're going to get into that in a moment. But I do know this, one of our favorite people, someone that our listeners truly have come to love, we got you on the show this week. Thanks to you for saying yes, and congratulations to you for winning your second IndyCar race of the year, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Marshall. And, yeah, man, I, I love to be in your show. You know that. I was a listener, and I was following, and I'm still listening, um, the IndyCar uh, week. So I love it. Thank you so much. And, yeah, I had some good races so far. You have. So I'm going to say thank you as always to our listeners for the great questions they sent in. And they, oh, there's some good ones. We're going to close the show with nothing but fried chicken talk, right? That's the kind of nonsense this show is about. Like, look, it's exactly. not, it, it's never linear. Um, it's, it's silly in some way. So we're going to close with lots of chicken talk. But we're going to say thank you again, as always, to our listeners for the great questions that drive the show to Cooper Tires power the road to Indy and make all these young drivers. You unfortunately didn't get a chance to race on Cooper tires on the road to Indy, but Hey, we'll, we'll excuse that part. The justice brothers as always are automotive chemicals and lubricants that uh, they are a huge part and have been a huge part of my life, Alex, since 1986, my first oh year my being God. a young open wheel mechanic. True, true, true. And then finally torontomotorsports.com and all the fun memorabilia and, and t-shirts and everything that they do. So, Hey, before we get into listener questions, I don't know if you've seen this stat. It was shared with me yesterday by our mutual friend, the awesome Kelby Krause, head of uh, Chip Ganassi Racing's PR, looking after you and many drivers for many, many years in that regard. Sent over a stat, which is staggering. Alex Pillow got to two IndyCar wins within his first 23 starts that is faster than aj foyt who got to his second win after 36 races mario andretti who got to it after 30 and some guy named scott dixon whose second indycar win came in his 40th start along with michael andretti what that's 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 interesting so i i learned about it yesterday which is it's super cool but still those guys are champions and i'm i'm just a race winner so um yeah it's still a really cool really cool stat for sure you you were have been beaten though by nigel mansell who got to two after four races same with some guy never heard of him though juan pablo montoya he did that after four wins uh, some guy, some French fry, Sebastian Bourdais, did it after five. And Rick Mears got to his second win in his 17th race. But nonetheless, it puts your name in there with 
come on, man. Foyt, Andretti, Dixon, Mansell, Montoya, Bourdais, Mears. You're in that general club. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, I'm in that club, too, just as people, like, you know, sweeping up after them and getting them drinks and, you know, washing their cars. So slightly different context, my friend. Why don't we, uh, why don't we roll into the questions here? Love this part talking about your home and also your native tongue. Uh, Todd Hudson says, Hey Alex, Sunday was a pretty good day for sports. Uh, talking about Spain, huh? Says I'm not well versed in which sports are most popular in Spain. Um, and which was better received your win at road America or a uh, Jan Rom winning the U S open golf tournament. But why don't we start here? And there's again, a lot of other great stuff to get to, but I do love the fact that the top two drivers and in the IndyCar championship right now, native tongue, Spanish, right? We've got a very diverse series as we always have, but tell us a little bit, Alex, about how you're seeing IndyCar received in you helping to advance IndyCar in your home country. And also maybe about the fact that you and Pato and hopefully more, we're really bringing a lot of people, I would hope, to look in who maybe might not have been looking beforehand yeah that's that's i think that's really good for the sport for the championship um i think that pato brings a lot more people that i i can bring just because in mexico it's a big following but uh it's good for me as well because they they there's a lot of people from from mexico that started following me as well so it's it's super cool for me um, and then there's a lot of people from Spain, which is still a really small country compared to like the US. But um, yeah, there's a lot of following now in Spain. I think they get really excited um, when when one of the drivers uh, is running up front, and we had uh, the benefit of running up front this year. So it's been it's been fun seeing uh, so many people on social media following. But, uh, but yeah, it would be nice to, to have them here for, for some races. I know we haven't had a lot of fans at every race, but I know that as an American, if I'm traveling abroad and someone hears me speaking in my American twang, it's not uncommon for a fellow American to come find me or me to say hi to them, you know, in the similar sporting context. Is that similar for you, Alex? where whether it's someone from Spain or Mexico or wherever to come and find uh, you and at least share in your passion uh, in your native tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I already had that experience before uh, during lately, especially with, with all the COVID restrictions uh, going a bit softer, let's say, but uh, yeah, I had some actually in during the Indy 500, there was some people that was from Spain, but they were living here uh, in the US and they have traveled just to see me. And I was like, what? Like for real? And Aww. it's it's just, it's awesome. Like I never thought um, that people would go to a race for the first time just to see me um, for like a couple of minutes. And, and it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Wow. I'm so happy to hear that, man. Let's see, where else should we go here? Uh, why don't we go with uh, Vinny? Says, Alex, uh, you've mentioned that IndyCar was the big dream. Says, I'm curious how a young European kid finds IndyCar to be the dream and not F1. Was there a particular thing you loved about it? Also says, thanks for your passion for the sport. 
My wife and I have become quite the pillow fans. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the thing is that obviously in Europe, uh, as a kid, I grew up uh, watching F1 because uh, it's super tough and super difficult to, to follow IndyCar. Um, but uh, my dad was, was always following the Indy 500, uh, which was on open TV in Spain. For, for a long time. So I used to watch the Indianapolis 500 with him when I was really young, like really young. I didn't even know what was F2, uh, Indy Lights, Indy Car. I didn't know anything. I, I just liked cars and that's it. And and I just uh, got curious. Uh, I learned about the championship. And, and when I was growing up and I knew what what was really Formula One, what it meant, um, what did you have to have to get into Formula One and that you only get like four drivers that are able to win a championship in Formula One, maybe two, um, then you realize that uh, maybe that's not what you can achieve or not what you want to achieve. So um, I thought that the 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 best championship or the toughest championship uh, in single seater would be IndyCar racing in America, uh, racing three different um, types of of races, oval, street courses, and road course. Which means the the champion after a year um, he's capable of winning different different things. So um, yeah, that's why it started quite young and and it was a dream that to be honest I didn't think. I could have achieved. So um, we're here now, and and it's awesome to have the opportunity to drive uh, for Chip Ganassi Racing, which means you can fight for wins every weekend. No, I'm doing a little bit of a callback here, and I don't know why I feel like I'm tearing up a little bit. I don't know if I am. Um, <laughs> that conversation you and I had in November, sun was setting. Uh, it was starting to get dark a little bit. You and I were standing in the paddock at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. And I just, rem I'm going to remember that conversation for a long time, Alex, because didn't know what was coming for you. Knew that the team, the Chip Ganassi Racing team, really loved what they had seen so far. But as we spoke the last time you're on the show, as I've written about more than once, mentioned on my dumb podcast, uh, the listener Q&A part, you were the big question mark. They had high hopes. Didn't exactly know if you were going to be a, hey, you finished ninth in the championship, yay, and you got a podium, yay, or more. It was wide open. Uh, I just wanted to revisit this and ask this. We're at the halfway point of the season. You have led the majority of the season. You've now won two races. Tell me about the feeling you have within Chip Ganassi Racing and how you fit, because that was the question you and I were discussing. Big hopes, no idea what's about to come, but hopefully things work out well. What's the feeling halfway through a season with you leading the freaking championship? <laughs> um, yeah, man, I remember that conversation. That it was super dark. It, it was only us standing there, and, and the tracks were leaving. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm having a lot of fun. Did I think that that was possible? Yeah, that was possible. It's always possible if you join 
the champion team like you i'm not joining a small team like i'm joining the the most successful team in IndyCar, and 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 yeah, that was possible because Scott was doing it for years, and and the past drivers as well. But you never really know what's gonna happen. This is racing. Like maybe you don't really feel 100% comfortable with the car. You struggle a bit more. You don't have the luck you need, and and whatever, uh, like etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But everything went so well. Like since the start, since the testing, I told you at Laguna, like I was super comfortable with the team. Um, I've been having a lot of help from everybody, Ricky, Barry, everybody, Julian, like everybody, not only from my crew, but from everybody at Chip Ganassi Racing. And, and yeah, we're leading the championship, uh, which is awesome. It doesn't mean much uh, because it, it, we still have lots of races to go. But, uh, yeah, we scored some podiums. We fighted for uh, the majority of the races, I would say. Um, and I've been learning a lot for sure. One other little wrinkle just to add to this. Obviously, you've got your teammate Scott Dixon, third in the standings. We know him, right? He, he's going to be yeah. there fighting for his seventh championship when we get to the uh, end of the season. But you've done the one thing that Chip Ganassi has been dreaming of since 2013 when Dario Franchitti was last a full-time driver for the team. And that was offer them the ability to threaten and and go for wins at every round with more than one driver. So Dario, obviously, and Dixie, pretty powerful uh, tandem. They haven't had that for a long time. They got close-ish with Felix a little bit, especially in his rookie year with the team. Not everything that they'd hoped, though, in terms of that consistent threat towards the front just wanted to get some insights from you for looking at, let's forget just the wins that you've had this year, but the fact that you're on the podium at Barber, you're fourth at the first round at Texas, you're on the podium again at the Indy Grand Prix. I know they don't do a podium at the Indy 500, but you were on the podium at Indy. You're on the podium at the second Detroit race. You're on the podium last weekend. The top threes, uh, the fourth place as well. You've had two, call it bad results uh, from these first races, but by and large, Alex, you are always there, thereabouts up front, top three, top four. That's a huge thing when it comes to the championship, but it also gives the team the thing they've been dreaming of, which is, yeah, we can count on someone to get it done. And if Scott is not having a great day, it doesn't mean all hopes are lost. Obviously, Marcus won at Detroit, so that's great. He's in the conversation, too. Tell me about this, because it seems like your ability to be up front all the time, there has to be something special going on between you uh, and your race engineer, Julian Robertson, who I'm so happy for to see him in the hunt constantly. You talk a little bit about that, because that's the undercurrent here. That's why you're leading the championship. These two wins help but it's the consistency that really is doing the job. Yeah, I was going to add what you said about Marcus as well, that uh, we, we won already uh, uh, with three different different cars, which is awesome. I think we have a really strong lineup. Uh, we push each other a lot, a ton. Like on preseason, uh, it was crazy. Like we would do a run and then uh, come into the pits and see Dixon go super quick and then Marcus. And I was like, oh, my God, these guys, like they never – uh, stop going faster. So I think that 
we've been doing that during all races and it's been a huge help for everybody and for all the team i would say um and then yeah we've been super consistent which is is amazing but uh, as you said there is something special going on um i think it's not that i'm magic or that julian is magic or barry is amazing it's a team that uh, on pit stops we are really good on pit stops now like we started not being like amazing but now we are i would say we're amazing on pit stops uh, doing the indy 500 every time i was going out of the pit that was overtaking overtaking people or gaining ground um we have good strategies uh the setup is obviously really good um but it doesn't come easily like you see detroit we were struggling so much on day one um but nobody from the team uh thought that it was over uh the mechanics never stopped working the engineers never stopped believing on me and i never stopped believing on them either and we got a podium on the next day so um road america the same we didn't really had the pace on day one or day two like uh i don't think we were able to score a performance podium let's say uh for what we started but we kept on working and it worked out yeah we had a bit of luck uh which was very misunfortunate for joseph but we were right there right behind him uh trying to hunt him down um so yeah i don't know everything's working uh we're trying to take um as much uh races as we can with this benefit like you know everything is going so well now um but uh yeah having so much fun for sure let's go to that next question you just touched on the intro here david barker says from my seat at turn five it looked like you were allowing joseph to increase the gap out of turn 14 going into the restarts except for the final restart, he asks, had Joseph not had the mechanical problem, do you think you would have been able to overtake him? Also says, congrats on your win. So yeah, take us behind the wheel on that, Alex, because it seemed like you got a really strong restart. Joseph mentioned after the race that going up the hill, you know, cresting the hill, uh, the car would not shift beyond fifth gear. So I think that's where we saw you uh, being able to get by him, e- you know, easier there. But do you feel like you would have had something for him on that uh, that restart lap uh, without a mechanical problem? I know we're asking you to predict the future, but curious what you were thinking inside the car. Yeah, we had a really nice battle going back and forth, I would say, for the last two or three restarts, uh, which we had a ton of restarts. Um, but, uh, yeah, actually, on the second to last restart i went on the inside in turn one and two and didn't really work out we we touched a bit wheels it was like everything super clean he defended amazingly um but he i couldn't really pass him but then for the last one i tried to be a bit more aggressive on the restart uh going like super close which it's crazy that they can see that from turn five he said yeah Um, he might have been seeing it on the uh on a video monitor i hope either that or he has the best eyesight ever i don't know yeah wow that's that's crazy (laughs) he loves racing a lot that's that's good that's what we need um and then i was close i would say i I was really close i had push to pass active i will i had the toe but i think i was too far uh, without the issue, I don't think I could have got him in turn one or or even like trying to get him. Um, I was preparing more for turn three with my push to pass. I already uh, 
when off the push to pass when he had the issue um, because I, I knew that I couldn't get him in, in turn one. So I was saving uh, some for turn three. But uh, yeah, you never know if, if we could have had a, a, a bit of a battle going on or not. But uh, uh, we were there. We were right there trying. He had a really good and strong weekend. And I think it would have been like really close. Last little thing on this topic. Tell me about the respect between the two of you. I realize he's been in the series for 10 years now. You're a year and a half in, so it's not like you know each other from years of racing. But as you mentioned about that earlier try to get by him in turn one, that could have ended up badly, poorly, uh, not great. He could have been hyper-aggressive, knocked you around. You could have you know, done something not nice to him from just watching the broadcast. It was clear. It looked like there's just a lot of respect between two hardcore racers who are willing to give each other the business, but not go over the edge. Is that a fair assessment of, of you and Joseph uh, fighting over? Yeah, the ab- absolutely. I, I would agree. And I thought the same because he it was super easy for him to just like, make a really late and aggressive move on the inside, closing the door and, and just, uh, yeah, pushing me on the inside on, on the grass. And he didn't, he just saw that I had the inside and he said, okay, that's yours, but I'm going to be on the outside. And the same way I could have gone like super deep in turn one and, and push him off o- over the curb uh, or touch wheels hard. Um, but we didn't like, it was his space as well. So I had to, to take care of him and he took care of me. So yeah, I have huge respects for Joseph. I think that's how he wins championships as well. He doesn't go crazy. It's just like really clean. And I think when somebody races you as clean as he does or, or other people does, you, you always do the same. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. Every time I was with him on track, he's been, he's been super clean and, and aggressive at the same time. Clean doesn't mean like, he's like, oh yeah, pass here on the inside, the inside is yours. No, he, he goes aggressive, but he doesn't uh, try and do like uh, bad stuff to you, let's say. That's a great thing. Joseph New- Newgarden doesn't do bad stuff to you. I love that. <laughs> uh, let's go to our pal. Come on, I don't know how to express it. No, look, it Marcel. is perfect. This, I love it. Okay. I'm serious. Okay. Look, Joseph Newgarden doesn't do bad stuff to you. I'm going to tell him and he's going to put it on. His Twitter. He's going to. Oh. I doesn't put bad stuff. I doesn't do bad stuff to people. He's got a whole digital team around. He has his own digital team. He actually has his own company of people that oh, yeah? follow him. Yes, shooting videos and photos. They're fantastic at what they do. So you're spot on. He actually. See, that's awesome. what you. When you become a two-time IndyCar champion, Alex Polo, I'm. I'm gonna have to put in my interview interview request like a year early. Because you're going to be so busy posing for your Instagram stuff each day. You are always number one. Oh, no, they're so going to be fan it, holding a fan and keeping you cool and feeding you grapes. Oh my goodness, it's going to be a no mess. grapes, fried no? chicken, Marcia. Fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants grapes when you can have fried chicken? See, that's that's the name of your autobiography, uh, the Alex Polo story. Uh, who needs grapes when you can have fried chicken? The Alex Polo story. There we go. All right, we're going to go to our pal Chuck Beck. He says, hello, Alex, with an exclamation point. Wondering what goals did you set for yourself going into this season? And have you already reached or exceeded them? 
um, also asks, is there any one thing you can attribute your success to so far this year? Um, I, I, you said goals, obviously you have your targets, let's say, but I didn't have like, oh yeah, this year I want to achieve three wins, two balls and a championship. Like, yeah, everybody wants to win every race and, and win the championship, but it was more like, uh, really performing well on, on ovals, uh, really performing well and, and doing good stuff on the road courses and straight courses, learning a lot as much as possible. Um, I had to learn some driving stuff from, from the man, Scott Dixon. And, and obviously I wanted to be in the fight for the championship, which then means that you're going to be up front on the races. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I, I achieved all the targets, uh, yet we still have some targets to, to, to achieve, but we still have some races left to go. So hopefully we can, we can achieve them. Um, but it's been uh, great progress so far. Let's see. Let's see. Where shall we wander here? There we go. This is an obvious one. Cause you're a terrible race car driver. Mark Leonard says, hi, Alex. Congratulations on Sunday. What areas do you think you can improve on as the season reaches, uh, or getting near the end at least. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kidding, obviously, but are there things where you say to yeah. yourself, ah, oh, all right, I need to, these are specific areas that you want to improve on? Yeah, I would say, yeah, for sure. Uh, there's always really, uh, like when you compare yourself to Scott Dixon, you always find areas. Um, I'm not going to say like in detail just because, um, yeah, it's, it's more driving style, uh, stuff that, uh, that Scott does that I'm still not able to do, um, which I still need to improve, but, uh, yeah, I need to, I think we need to, as a group, uh, try and improve a bit more on qualifying, try and really fight for that pool. Like we've been to fast six, uh, several times, but we never really fight for the pool. Let's say like we are there, but we're a bit off and we, as a driver, uh, I need to try and maximize that, that I'm still not able to. And then we go on the race and we have probably the fastest car. So, um, yeah, we'll try and improve a bit more uh, that qualifying uh, performance. Okay. Let's see. Where else do we go? Uh, windy car at car underscore windy on Twitter says, I saw online that you originally from outside Barcelona. There's another yeah. type of famous races in your backyard, the Volta a Catalunya. Uh, did you ever go and spectate there? He says uh, cycling has been a focal point uh, in the past week in IndyCars. Uh, do you, were you ever into cycling? And do you have any favorite Catalonia stories? Um, yeah, it's, it's actually like 30K from, from downtown Barcelona. Um, but, uh, it's a really long and strange name, my town, and it's really small. So when, when, when I first entered IndyCar and they, they typed my, my town name on the screen, I was like, ah, oh, maybe to make it easy for everybody, you can put Barcelona there. <laughs> um, but yeah, on my passport, you can see Barcelona, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I was into cycling like five, six years ago, but I broke my collarbone, um, which is, it's a hot topic now, but, uh, but yeah, then I stopped. I don't like cycling anymore. I don't like bikes because they are too dangerous for me. I'm not good at cycling. So yeah, I'm not into that anymore. Oh, well, 
Uh, Renus VK probably is sharing a, a similar he agrees. thought with he agrees. you right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Let's see. Why don't we go to, well, I'll ask one more normal question and then we're going to close the show as promised talking about chicken, chicken talk with Alex Pillow. this week's week in IndyCar. Um, Quico from Twitter says, where do you see yourself in 10 years, Alex still racing in the USA, maybe back to Europe also asks, when are you visiting Spain again? Um, myself in 10 years, I see myself driving for Chip Ganassi Racing in the 10 car, NTT Data, American Legion up there. So I see myself like now, but winning championships. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm enjoying a lot. It was uh, a big dream for me. And, and if I'm able to, to still be part of this team and this series in 10 years, that's going to mean that uh, we've been doing a really good job. So I hope that happens. I would also love to to do some more races, like Daytona is a race that I would love to do at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's it. I'm visiting Spain, I think, by the end of the year. I don't really know when, uh, maybe after the last race, but uh, not before. Now we've the travel is super bad now um, with all the restrictions. You cannot even travel without COVID tests and blah, blah, blah. So it's better to just focus on racing now. And, and yeah, I'll see my family uh, November, December. Let's see. I think I know of a team that races sports cars. Um, you might talk to them. Some, it's something called Cadillac Chip Ganassi Racing. Uh, I, I, you, you might poke around and see, uh, see if they can, you know, make a little space in, uh, I need to make the boss happy before that. So you um, need to make yeah, the boss okay. happy says the championship yeah. leader. Who's won more races than anyone else on his team this year. I love you. Alex below. You're insane. All right. We're going to move into the most anticipated, uh, part of the weekend in car ever. Alex Pillow's chicken talk. All right, we're going to kick yeah. off uh, Richard Hinshaw. You know, actually, I need to start with my own question. Tell me okay. about this passion for fried chicken. Where did it come from? Were you a little boy always asking your mom for some or dad? Like, where does this fascination come from before we get into uh, one, almost 10 questions about chicken <laughs> oh for you? God. I know. It's getting crazy. Um, well, I don't know the start of it, uh, to be honest. It's 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 a long way coming, but um, I have to say that I don't know why, but racing drivers in general, we have an issue that once we finish the race, we need the worst food for our body. Like we prepare our body, we, put the, we feed them with the best foods, with the best everything to prepare for the race. But as soon as the race is done, we just go crazy for one night or for one meal. And I don't really know why, but everything, everybody seems to do the same because I saw Kanan doing the same. I saw Ericsson, I saw Dixon doing the same. So everybody does it. Um, and I have, uh, I love, I have love and, and admiration for fried chicken. I don't know why I love chicken. And if it's fried, it's, it's, it tastes better, but it's not really good for, uh, for my body. So, uh, then, um, I came up with like, okay, let's, let's have it as a treat when we win races. And I started, I would say in Japan doing it like, okay, we win one race or it was a podium. It was, we, we make a podium or we win one race and we get ourselves some fried chicken. That was with my dad. Um, now 
um, as soon as we win one race, we get some fried chicken. And here in America, fried chicken is amazing. What is fried chicken like in Japan, first of all? Uh, <laughs> it's different. Like, it's really different. Um, they, they actually have a lot of fried chicken, but it's uh, cooked in a different way. Like the fried itself, it's, it's different. Uh, they don't have, they never have bone. It's more like a, a bowl uh, of fried chicken. Uh, but I don't know, it's really good. It tastes really good, but it's not as fatty. It's not as good as the American one. Well, yeah. yeah. So you've just described one key ingredient. If you don't slightly hate yourself, after eating a bunch of fried chicken, you're doing something wrong. If if it feels exactly. like it was healthy, you, you've it, you've failed in the mission. Yeah, it feels like it's it's healthy, like it's not really oily, and yeah, so you are like, yeah, it's fried chicken, but it's not fried chicken, like it's not in uppercase fried chicken, you know. If you don't feel like you went to your local car, your local Napa Auto Parts, cracked <laughs> open a bottle of Valvoline, and just took a swig, took a shot. <laughs> You're not drinking, you're not doing uh, chicken, fried chicken right here. All right, so let's go, uh, let's kick off this section uh, with our pal Richard Hinshaw. says, Alex, congratulations on your victory at the Incredible Road America. Your car was my six-year-old daughter's favorite on Sunday, and I love the light blue livery with the retro number 10. It's wonderful to see someone so genuinely kind, caring, and upbeat achieve at such a high level while being a great role model at the same time. We need to just hit the pause button right there and say, that's a, a beautiful submission, Richard. Thank you. Wow. You're inspiring daughters and sons and all kinds of things with being wow. who you are. Thank you, Richard. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. Thank you. Like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I love to be the inspiration for Richard's daughter. Um, I love my car as well. I think it looks insane. Uh, the entity data car looks really good. And I think uh, the Indy 500 one looks really good as well. But uh, they went for this retro uh, number style and, and graphic, really minimal as well. And I think it looks insane on track. So it's fast as well. Actually, uh, fun. Thing that uh, Entity is like our main sponsor, but we never got to a, a podium with Entity. We got one with Segi at Barber. We got one with uh, American Legion. Well, two, uh, Detroit and Indy Road Course, but we never got into a podium with uh, the Entity livery. So, uh, yeah, uh, here at um, America was the first one. Well, Richard's wanting to know, we already spoke about the uh, victory fried chicken tradition, right? And you mentioned it started with a podium in Japan. We know that Colton Hurd is probably the most famous driver in IndyCar with a victory celebration, that being tacos. Uh, he's curious, did you find somewhere to get your celebration fried chicken after the win on Sunday? And closes by saying, we also live in the metro Indianapolis area and would love to get a recommendation of a great fried chicken place. <laughs> so I I didn't really know where to go, um, and everybody was like saying me different stuff. So I said, okay, let's post a question on Twitter and see if somebody answers. And and that tweet blew up, and I had like I don't know how many answers. So I was there uh, with my computer typing how many people said the eagle, how many people <laughs> said the iron skillet, and 
and all the other restaurants and i was like okay the the one that wins i'll, I'll go there and then we'll we'll know who goes uh, second so uh, i went to the eagle which was the most voted one um and it's really good it's in downtown uh i loved it um so yeah, sarah morell sarah morell that was the next question can we get a review of the eagle on uh, yeah, mass avenue <laughs> so to, tell yeah, us about I, the chicken you got to give us a, a proper culinary description here okay proper culinary description so it's um it's a pretty big chicken like the pieces are pretty big to be to be honest it's an american chicken for sure um then you the fried is quite thick but oily but not too oily like it's right there like you you don't say oh that's too oily like it went too far no it's like perfect amount of oil um lots of flavor a bit spicy and then they have the spicy honey i think they call it and that's like boom amazing so uh i gave it a 9.17 out of 10 um just because i didn't want to go to 10 on the first one so everybody would say oh yeah you love everything no okay 9.17 and then we'll start moving up and down with the other ones 9.17 i love the specifics of that and you know yeah. what else this is telling me? Because again, I'm I don't I'm sure the folks at the Eagle don't listen to my dumb podcast. But this makes me think they need to develop a special Alex Polo fried <laughs> chicken offering. Get you in there with the chef. Maybe you can, any spices or fla- things you can think of you might add to a special edition Alex Polo victory fried chicken plate at the Eagle. Um, they actually, I, I posted on Instagram and Twitter and they actually texted me on Instagram saying like congratulations and stuff. So we might do a recipe with, I don't know, ethanol or something like that. Ethanol! ethanol. <laughs> Just to go hard, you know? Ah, let's knock people out. Let's Let's have fumes pour off of the chicken. Oh my God, you're insane! I think there would be a lot of people going just to try, even if it's a bit um, <laughs> stupid to say. But I think I would go. I would go. Alex's ethanol victory fried chicken. We we got a winner or a killer, one of the two here, maybe both. Uh, let's see. Our pal Mitsuki Matsura says, "Hey Alex, congratulations on your victory." Says a chicken question. He says Kentucky Fried Chicken liked the article by the AP news about you on Twitter. He says, is there a business opportunity there? How excited are you if a chicken restaurant brand like KFC become a sponsor for your number 10 Honda? No way. Did they? I didn't see that. Um, that's awesome. Um, but no, there's no nothing behind that. If there was something behind that, that would have gone there instead of the Eagle. So, um, yeah, every, I would say that, um, Chip would be always happy to have some some sponsors, right? Chip, but, I think um, I think Chip has been a long time supporter of that restaurant chain, uh, at least through the drive through. So yeah, <laughs> uh, you might be saving the boss some money that'll make him happy. We're gonna stay on the KFC angle. I used to eat a lot of KFC. My body type might suggest that, but I actually swore it off. Uh, 19 18 or 19 years ago so um where i'm asking questions about stuff i can't really tell you what it tastes like but dan tenoff says alex if you're desperate for fried chicken and end up having to go to a kfc do you go with the original recipe or the extra crispy 
I would go for the original. I always think that uh, the original stuff, it's a bit better than everything else. Like, uh, example, the Oreos, that they are extra or thins or extra big or something. That's like for um, people that likes extra thing stuff. But uh, I really go for the original always everywhere um, just because I think that's the uh, company's boss's favorite and, and probably he's right. There we go. Couple more and then we're done. I can't believe we're closing the show on like 10 <laughs> chicken questions, but dang it, that's what we do here. Our pal Tracy, and you might not know Tracy, she's a photographer, but when we were doing last month, Alex, we were doing the Indy 500 driver intro animal questions. She's the one who did the mock up of, uh, of you oh, and the gorilla. Yes. No way. Yeah. Okay. So Tracy's all kinds of awesome. Uh, she says, how, well, she asked, how was the chicken? So we've spoken about that, but she asked, would you ever celebrate a victory by doing a shoey or, uh, eating some donuts? Uh, she also says, congratulations on the victory. And if you make it back to Austin, anytime visit tumble 22 for your chicken fix. Good. Yeah. We'll visit, uh, at some point I need to go back there. I love it. Um, but um i would do a shoey maybe yeah if there's a reason behind if, if all the crew would do it i would do it 100 uh, percent. and if uh the fans want me to do a shoey i would do it so yeah of course or, or or eat donuts on victory lane like is there anybody think on eating donuts on victory lane like i i never had that idea but maybe that's a that's a good idea to do i think this is something indycar actually needs to prepare for and so have yeah. it in one of their transporters, a table with, you know, a nice, nice covering over it, some chairs. So you get to do the, the podium celebration and spray the champagne. And then you and the whole crew get to sit down and mow down on fried chicken, donuts, and what a victory lane feast. That needs to become the new Alex Polo tradition. I support, I support what you're saying. And I think we should get um in contact with indycar to make roger that happen. roger penske with a little chef's hat working the barbecue you know uh <laughs> you know got the little fryer going i'm just saying we got options here um two to go two to go our pal andrew from twitter says alex have you ever had chimek korean fried chicken and beer i never had korean fried chicken i would say no okay no life um, goals i need to try yeah i uh, need to try yeah it i'm telling you it's quite good it's quite good okay yeah I, I'll, I'll try i'll try you'd be a happy guy we're gonna close here michael miller you're taking us home pal you're asking alex this is also an assumption that you watch a lot of commercials on tv or just know about it as the chicken sandwich wars continue who do you think is winning popeyes chick-fil-a or is there a surprise contender have you sampled all the various chicken sandwiches? I know Burger King is trying to promote their new chicken or whatever it's called. They're running that ad throughout all the NBA uh, playoffs and whatnot. But have you done a forensic sampling of the various fast food chicken sandwiches to come to a consensus answer as to what's best? I didn't really make like a taste test, um, like back and forth. I really love the one from Chick-fil-A, obviously. Uh, we don't have Chick-fil-A in 
in Europe, and it's I would say it's, I have to say it's amazing. Um, I like the one from McDonald's, the new one, which I think it's pretty good. Maybe you hate me now, but it's pretty good. Um, so who's winning the war, Popeyes or Chick Fil A? I have to go for Chick Fil A. What would you say? I would agree. I've only tried the Popeyes once. Uh, it seemed like they were overcompensating. It was about a year ago when I tried it and it felt like they were overcompensating. Like the actual chicken patty was giant. It was t- okay. way too much. So yeah, they went too far. They yeah. went too far. Chick-fil-A. Okay. I can just tell you because while they're popular, there aren't a ton of them here in the Bay area, but you always know where they are because as yeah. you drive around, you look over and say, what are those 37 cars doing in a line? What are they lined up for? And then you see, oh, they're all trying to get through the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A. I so, have to agree. And also consistency. It's really good at Chick-fil-A. Everywhere you go, consistency is really good. And that's what you want uh, when you travel around the States, right? Very true. Not the most uh, uh, inclusive company, uh, but at least if we're just talking about their food product, I would have to agree with you on them. Only about chicken. chicken. We only about chicken. Okay. It's a chicken. It's a chicken talk. Marshall. It's it's true. It's Alex Pelos chicken talk on the weekend. IndyCar, so you said that Joseph has an marketing agency. Yes. So maybe if we have the luck to win two championships, we should do a Palo chicken restaurant place. Huh. Deal. There you go. I, I, I'm in, I'll be your first customer. Um, I'll hell I'll sweep the place. I'll do whatever you need, man. I'll get the mop going, (laughs) whatever. I'll park cars because it's going to be a high class place. Um, Oh, wow. A high class place. I mean, like high classes place. We just like the, our, our places, man. I would be there serving. See, and you would. I know you actually would. I love this. Right now, people are currently wondering what the hell they tuned in for, but that's okay. <laughs> this is how we get down. Alex, so happy for you, obviously. Uh, and the season's not even over. Uh, there's so much more for you to do, and can't wait to see how this season pans out for you as I'm in the middle of writing a kind of a mid-season recap or look back. Pal Pato Award was the clear breakout star of 2020 how cool is it that you the person that nobody knew what to expect how high you might rise man you have broken every level of expectation to be the breakout star this season and we're just barely halfway through so amazing season awesome to see things going so well for you at your new home can't wait to have you back on the show my friend and uh go get some chicken I will. Thank you so much for those words and for having me once again at the show. So, yeah, best regards for everybody listening. And, yeah, hope to see you on track. Yeah. Oh, hey, I forgot to mention our listener group, the kind of crazy subgroup, the Prue Day. They're uh, they're going to try and make you join the group. Um, of so course. You'll be our first, I think, driver member of the Prue Day uh, listener Let's club. Let's do it. So we'll, uh, we'll get you connected here. Uh, it's okay. it, yeah the the uh, the annual fees are pretty low. It's only twenty thousand dollars to join, but you know um, it's not too bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll make Kelby pay for that. Hey, we got problems. We got solutions. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, thank you, brother. 
Yeah, thank you so much, Marcia.